This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 114 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. And no, I am not doing this podcast from underwater, Joshua. I just, I'm congested and it's just, it sounds awful. So I apologize to everyone out there, including Joshua, who has to listen to me. You know, it's funny because you hear people, they'll be like, oh man, you know, I hate the way my voice sounds over the phone or I hate the way I sound recorded. Like they don't like listening to themselves and then they'll go into work and be congested and be like, oh my God, I'm congested. Like I sound so horrible. And then like, imagine (laughs) that, but you have a job where it actually matters how you sound and then it's just all bad. So I, I, I sympathize with you. I hope (laughs) that you uh, get over this congestion soon. I don't think you sound very bad at all. Okay. But I I get the feeling though, because you're just going to be worried about it the whole time you're doing it. Exactly. So just bear with us and I'll, I'll try to have Joshua do most of the talking today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we definitely have a topic right off the bat here that many people have been talking about this week. So the video game um, EA Sports is announcing that they are coming back um, to college football. And I think the last cover that we saw with the um, NCAA football was, was it Denard Robinson? Yes, that was Denard. I think that was back in 2014. Yep. Wow. Does that not seem like decades ago? It was a long time ago. I mean, it, it, it feels probably longer than it actually was, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. So the last making of the actual video game was in, 2013 it's been in limbo ever since and now daryl holt who is the ea sports vice president and gm um he's the one who told espn that they're going to return so it looks like right now it's not going to just return with a big bang because they're kind of trying to plan things out they're not going to include names images or likenesses (laughs) of real college players right now Um, Because the current NCAA rules, of course, prohibit athletes from selling all of that, their name and likeness. But I thought that this was going to be something at this point that we would start to hear about changing. And so now my question is, is something like a video game, which seems ridiculous to put this much emphasis on, but how much do you think they're going to start to move this along Um, And then you're going to have something like this, a video game that's going to be 
and can be a huge recruiting tool in a way for some of these young, you know, up and coming guys who are looking at schools. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting because I can remember the conversation from when I was in school. Uh, and obviously we had the game for a couple of years, but then we didn't have it. And yeah. a lot of my teammates always said on, you know, like I would do anything to be able to play the game as myself. And like, I want to be on the game. And even back sure. when it was around, like, you know, the it would be a six foot four, 250 pound <laughs> linebacker from like the central Ohio area that yep. looked like me, but it wasn't yep. me. Yep. And, and guys would go in and they would change the rosters to have like the original names of the actual players on them and everything. It'll be interesting with this name, image and likeness thing, because I don't think there's really going to be a way around it. Like if you're going to do an NCAA game and you're going to have the actual teams. Right. Then you're probably going to have to figure out a way to do the the rosters and sure. to make sure that the players are accommodated. I think there's a way to do it. I think that we're smart enough to figure it out. And to be completely honest. I don't think this is going to be a point where players would want to get greedy. I think that this is one of those situations where they're happy that they have the game because a lot of them are going to end up playing it. And then if they get even like a, you know, $250, $500 check in the mail, like I think a lot of guys will be satisfied with just that regardless. Yeah. So I think it'll be good. Now I'm not a a video game guy. I really don't play them. Uh, Haven't in years, but this is huge because of how big that industry is like i watch how many people play video games like twitch is a thing because people stream themselves playing games for you know like 18 hours a day yeah and there is a void because for football fans playing madden obviously is something that they like to do but if you're somebody who maybe doesn't follow the nfl or you don't have an nfl team in your area Mm -hmm. then maybe you feel a little bit of a disconnect. And the thing that has always been a big draw for college football is how localized it is because there are so many different fan bases. So now you're able to pull in some of these fan bases that have felt maybe excluded um, since this game has gone away. And that's good for business. So it'll definitely be exciting to watch the rollout. Like I got on Twitter today and I hopped right off because uh, my timeline was very boring just talking about the game. Like I was sick and tired of seeing it, but that's, that's how, that's how people are. Like everybody was, who's a sports fan was enthralled with that news because it's such a big deal to get the game back. Yeah. So you were talking about, you know, just there hasn't been this game for the college side of things in a while. And if you look at video games and I'm not a video gamer either, um, but my brother He's like 32 and he's not like crazy video gamer, but you know, he grew up with Nintendo and Super Nintendo and all of that, like I did, which I did play. Um, and then he has kind of picked it back up in a way because we'll play, you know, games when I go over to visit him or whatever. And well, I'm not really playing, I'm just watching, like he does it with his friends, right? That are like all over the country, and he has a two little boys one though that is getting to be the age where he is also enjoying playing video games and what's interesting now is like our parents didn't like grow up really playing video games right so we didn't really have that connection with our parents whereas like this generation like my brother um, and your generation they have kids there's a good likeliness that they're gonna end up you know sitting down, playing video games, picking out their favorite teams with yes. their son or their daughters. And that also could come into play with, you know, up and coming future prospects. 
that are sitting on there, you know, with their dad and they're saying, oh, this is a cool stadium. Look at all the cool bells and whistles this one has, or this is the loudest stadium, you know, because that's really all the things they do now with these video games. I mean, they're so, they're so futuristic that it could, you know, it could sway you either being a fan or if you're, you know, a future player, um, sway you one way or the other in terms of going to even a certain school. So it really is like, it seems like it's just a video game, but I feel like it's going to be so much more than that. Well, Kayla, I'm, I'm going to talk to that real quick. The first thing you said about just like the generation of people playing video games right now, we both know Bo Bishop. Um, he's got a radio show yeah. here in Columbus on 97.1, the fan Bishop and Laura Nidus, And he has three sons. And one of the things that he talks about doing with his older two sons is literally downloading the rosters on the NCAA game and playing mm -hmm. with both of them. Sure. Like that's a thing. Like you just said, it's a way for him as a father to be able to connect with his boys. And he's obviously a sports fan and so are his sons. And it's just yeah. something simple that they can do on an afternoon. Hey, you know, boys, like, what do you want to do? Dad, let's play NCAA football. And he's like, great. Yeah. And it's it, for some people, it's like, okay, you play video games to connect with your kids, but like, you got to meet people where they are. And if, yeah. if you got an eight-year-old and he wants to play the game, then you're yep. going to play the game. And that's where this generation is. Now, that second point that you brought up about recruiting is huge too, because imagine painting that full picture to now on the recruiting visit, you sit the recruit down in like your you know viewing room, like these damn facilities got <laughs> you know, projectors and everything. And he gets to do like, you know, play a game in dynasty mode for your school yeah. with his jersey number the whole deal and right. like any school can replicate that but like at ohio state or alabama that experience probably feels a little bit different sure so it's it's big i mean this is in terms of you talk about something that is going to uh, change culture in a way and i don't want to sound too drastic in saying that but right um, it means a lot to a lot of people and it's going to be a pretty big deal moving forward yeah, so I hope that they do sort all that out because I would love to see eventually these players, you know, getting a little bit of a, a check in the mail or even like you said, 200, 300 bucks. Uh, I think it's an organized way to do it too. I mean, yes. you really could find, this is really an organized way to, maybe this is the start of giving them some of that money for things like that, but you can, you can keep track of that, right? Yes. I mean- so that's a way to start it. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes about, but um, it'll be it'll be cool to see for sure. I'll definitely. No, I'm, I'm excited about it for sure. So National Signing Day is this week, and we are technically taping this podcast before the actual signing day on Wednesday, but there pretty much is going to be your top five that we know are likely going to be in these spots, but. Right now, it does look like Alabama is going to take the top spot again in terms of their signing class. And it looks like Ohio State is going to come in second there. And then um, followed by Georgia, LSU, and Clemson. <clears throat> now, Joshua, I'm gonna, those are the top five. Supposedly, this is how it, it should end up. I was a little bit shocked to see LSU up there. Now... The only reason why I say that, and I know it's LSU and, you know, it's an SEC school and they won the national championship less than, you know, what it was not last season, but the season before we're not yep. too far removed. But from what I saw last year, 
the disaster that was LSU. And from what I saw, uh, Ed Ogeron, who didn't really convince me that he could do it without Joe Burrow and Joe Brady and those guys. Um, I'm like a little interested to see LSU's like number four coming into this year. Yeah, it's um, they're riding a wave, number one. And I, I really do think that the success that they had stands out. And, and it's not just a national championship success, but the amount of guys that they ended up sending to the league, I mm-hmm. think, really stands out. Um, but and I hate to make accusations like this. Um, Ed Orgeron is maybe one of the slimiest coaches in college football. And you've always said that. So to be fair, this isn't like Quasha was just saying this out of the blue. No. Like he's no. he's always been upfront about his opinion on coaching. Yeah. So and, and I'm, it's not to say that um, you know folks see the infectious personality and all that kind of stuff and the competitive spirit, which I've never met him, and so I can appreciate that side of him. Um, but yeah. just having had conversations with folks who are in college football and they know him and some of the tactics that he's used in the past, like. I, I just don't think that you get a head coaching position in the SEC and some of the shady sure. things that you did in the past all of a sudden disappear. Yeah. Um, and then there's even some of the off field things that are super alarming that have popped up. And and I'm one of those people that, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to give credit to some of the, the accusations until there's evidence not to give them credit. Right. And so he's a slime ball. And I think that's how he can recruit a top five class. Now, I want to bring this up real quick because I think it's pretty interesting. The Athletic Sports Publication did a re-ranking of the 2017 recruiting class. Okay. Um, And I thought it was pretty interesting because they ranked it basically, the criteria was like first round draft picks and then I think overall draft picks, uh, multi-year starters, all conference players, all the way down to um, non-contributors kids who left the program and however many of those you had was like a certain level of points. And um, I'm trying to find the article, but I can tell you right off the top, the 17, 2017 recruiting classes, Alabama was number one in 2017 and Ohio state was number two yep. in 2017. And then when they re-ranked them, Alabama was number one and Ohio state was number two. Oh and wow. On that list in the top five, Georgia was also on there, and I believe Clemson was top five as well. And I'm going to find it, so i got to stop talking because I can't do two things at once. But it's really interesting just making that connection between um, how accurate some of these teams are in recruiting. And then even to, like, Clemson, they might have been, like, the eighth or tenth recruiting class in 2017. So a team like that or Wisconsin who ended up – re-ranking theirs into like the top 10 mm-hmm. being able to find the kids who maybe aren't the blue chip five-star guys yeah. and developing them into really good players. And then that's the main thing. And I'll let you search for this article really quick while I'm talking, but that, yeah, that's part of recruiting, right? That's part of being a good recruiter. Cause of course, when you're at these big schools, you're likely going to get some of these big names and it's not like you're having to try extremely hard when you're Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson, but you all are also competing with those other, you know, top teams. Um, But it's really those gems that you can find that can really put a name on a program or a specific head coach in terms of having developing 
these type of players, right? And really having them contribute um, when they're there, whether that be, you know, the, the first year they get there or growing into that player the second or third year. But I think it's that's what we don't give enough credit to sometimes is the development yes. of some of these players. And really, that's my favorite part sometimes is seeing some of these guys that you didn't even hear about in the signing day process. And then, you know, you hear about them a couple years in. Yeah. And I think that's one thing in, you know, from covering um, some smaller school ball, but you've covered a lot of big schools as well. Like yeah. from the small schools, that's the thing that you bank on is like, yep. you know, who was the guy that coach got that was a hidden gem yep. that's going to elevate us. And then even for big schools, like I, I know for people who are on the message boards that are Ohio state fans, one of the things that they always love talking about was like, you know, who's the unheralded hero of this yeah. recruiting class? Like who's a three-star guy who's an Ohio kid that's going to end up yep. becoming like who's the Darren Lee of this recruiting yeah. class basically is what I'm getting at. The three-star kid that yep. Urban didn't really want that Luke had to pound the table for and ended up becoming like a, a just a baller. Yep. Like that's what they're looking at. But I pulled up the article. So like I said, Alabama, number one in 17, they were number one re-ranked. Ohio State, number two in 17, number two re-ranked. Then LSU was number seven in 2017. They were number three after they re-ranked. Interesting. Oklahoma was number eight in 2017. They were number four after re-ranking. Wow. And then Clemson, this was it. They were number 16 in 2017, Ooh. and they were number five after they re-ranked them. Washington actually came in at six. They were the, wow. the 22nd best recruiting class in 2017. Utah came in at seven. They were the 33rd best. Uh, Wisconsin oh. came in at eighth. They were the 39th best. Stanford came in at ninth. They were the 19th best. And then Georgia, Georgia was the, the opposite way. They came in at third and 17. They were the 10th best. So really interesting seeing a team like Wisconsin, who was 39th, yeah. and they jump up to eighth best based off of production of players. And then a Georgia, who had the third most talented class based yep. off of the rankings, yep. and they only produced the, the 10th best class when you actually looked at what they did over a four-year span. That's really interesting. I'll have to read that article. I'll send it to you. Yeah, that makes you look at it in, in such a different way. But it makes so much sense, too. You know, talking about Georgia, because they're on this list third, uh, they're projected to have the third best class here. You know what, what is interesting about Georgia to me, Joshua, is I don't know if I really see them progressing at the rate I thought they would. Um, a couple years back when they kind of, you know, tipped the scales and they were right there with Alabama. And then I've just kind of seen a little bit of a digression again. And I don't know if it's just because Alabama continues to be Alabama and LSU had a good year. And I don't, I don't know. Florida's up. Um, but Georgia just to me is still like that team where I'm like, yeah, you're good, but I don't really think you're that great. And you don't seem to be getting to the level of Alabama. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting to me. I, I truly believe that the biggest thing standing in the way of Georgia becoming an elite program is the quarterback play. They don't develop them. They really don't. And in the, the best one that they had to develop ended up being a Buckeye. They left. Yeah, they let go. It's and that's that's what it is. Like it's funny listening to Urban Meyer talk. You know, he's done interviews now that he's accepted that head coaching position in Jacksonville. And one of the things that 
they're talking about is what he's going to do with that first overall pick. And Hey, you know, coach, it's a really quarterback driven league. And he's like, yeah, because college is really quarterback driven games, same way high school is and so on and so forth. Sure. And Georgia is probably one of the bigger examples of that recently where you can have top five classes year in and year out. But if you Uh don't have that guy who's the signal caller, you know, taking the snap every single play and balling out, it literally doesn't matter. And so until they can prove to me that they've got a guy at quarterback who is one of the elites. And when I say elite guys, I'm talking about the Justin Fields, the Trevor Lawrence, the Joe Burrows, the Tua Tungavailoas of the world, like that type of player wins a national title or puts you in a position to win a national title. And if they can't get there, I don't care how great their linebacker play is. I don't care what their offensive line looks back looks like, and they could have the best running back in college football, but none of that's going to matter to me until they have an elite level quarterback. Yeah, nope, that's a great point. And like you said, it's just the development hasn't been happening there. And then they let it, you know, a guy go like Justin Fields and they were starting. Um, I, I've, he's already slipped my mind this past season. Who did they start again? Yeah, they had, um, he's they literally had slipped my Stetson mind. Bennett and then oh, they yeah. had uh, JT Daniels. But who, they who didn't, right. Doing a good job. But it, I mean, what are we doing? It, well, and they didn't even start him till like the end of the season. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was just a mess there. It's like. They had a situation. Yeah, the whole thing was just a mess to watch from the outside. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Real quick before we we move on, um, on the note of National Signing Day, take me back to, I'm just curious from a player's perspective and how much you think it's even changed since you were a recruit. How much is is it the trying to really wow a recruit? um, Or is it more so like, you just feel lucky to be, you know, being picked by one of these universities as somebody that they're going after. Like, what is that process like? And is it nerve wracking? Is it, you know, what is it like leading up to like a signing day or when you make your decision or you're waiting on what the, you know, that team is, you know, doing in terms of making an offer to you? It was, well, I'll tell you in 20, 20- 2009, 10, 11, when I was getting recruited is very different than right now. You know, back in, in 2009, 10, 11, like, you know, it, it almost felt like an honor to get recruited and guys weren't necessarily doing all of the, um, you know, commitment videos and all that craziness. And yeah. now in college football, like you have to offer a guy before he'll even seriously talk to you. Um, at some of the bigger schools, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Floridas, the uh, Texas USC's like they the the kids that they're recruiting if you don't offer them they're not they're not taking you seriously because yeah. you're getting so much interest from all over the place mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I I really think that is kind of where recruiting's at now these guys are definitely appreciative of the opportunity that they get and I don't want to downplay that but just the the way that it's done yeah. is just so vastly different 
than the way that it was done before. Um, I don't know if you saw that video of Nick Saban doing his recruiting pitch. Yeah. yeah. And so you can see where he's at. And, and yeah. there are some other coaches who have the the clout that he does to be able to say, you know, if you come in here, you're, you're going to win national title. Yeah. You're going to go against some of the best players in the country. And that's how you're going to get developed. And if a coach tells you not to come here, they don't want you to be great. Not a lot of people can say that. No. But even being that blunt, Saban's got to kiss a little bit of ass too to get some of these yep. cats' attention, yep. um, which is wild to me. But that's just the way that the game is right now. Yeah, it is. It, it's definitely, and you brought up, it's like 2000, what'd you say, nine, 10 when yep. you were? Yeah, I mean, it has changed so much. I mean, I'm looking back at that. I'm like, my goodness, yeah, because we didn't even have these videos where, you know, all these kids are making the I videos mean, now. It's, these kids have the best production teams. Well, in the country, really? like I'm, I look at some of these videos and I'm like, shoot, man, I'm about to go like work for one of like I a high school, right? Let me narrate it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there we go. That's, I mean, geez, that's the way to do it. it and it's nuts because like these kids are so young, but yet like this is a part of what they're doing already um, at that point. So <laughs> yeah, it's a bit crazy. Uh, so speaking of some, former players that are going to be headed back to their alma maters. And I feel like this is going to be, it's going to start to become a little more of a trend, Joshua, where you're starting now to see these former players that, you know, played college ball, went on, had an NFL career, maybe even went on, did some TV. Maybe they're kind of bored of it, or there's not a lot of, you know, opportunities right now in TV, not as many jobs. Um, and so you're going to start seeing some of these former players go back and help out their alma mater, right? Maybe help some of these teams that are struggling, <clears throat> all of them in the Pac-12. Um, <laughs> maybe just, you know, need some of a, a boost somehow. And maybe they're going to get it from some of these big names that, you know, came from their school. So the first one that I saw was um, Texas rehiring former Longhorns quarterback Vince Young um, as a special assistant in the athletic department. So he obviously was with the program back in 2019 and was fired, but supposedly they, he's like good to go now because they're rehiring him and trying to kind of build some momentum behind Steve Sarkeesian. What's your, um, What's your take on this? I've heard some Vince Young stories because he played here in, in Tennessee. So he's yeah, a, I, know he's I don't a know if he's changed, um, but. He, he, what he really is, number one, <laughs> and I've heard this from a number of people, is he's he's somebody who understands the game of football. Um, so you, you kind of want that guy around yeah. the program. Uh, but he's a name. He is like in, I mean, these kids. Oh, are, yeah. I'm calling them kids, but they're, they're. I mean, at this point, like significantly, I'm turning 27. Yeah. Like some of these kids are. Yeah, you can I mean, call them kids, Joshua. I call you a kid. Recruited right now, and so <laughs> if if you're if you're a 17 year old, and you're like, oh man, I remember Vince Young when he was in his prime. Like that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And so I I can understand mm-hmm. doing that. I can also understand wanting to bring somebody around who understands the program and has roots there, uh, and everything else. But sure. It'll, <laughs> It'll be unique to yeah. see how long this marriage lasts um, the second, third time around. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> right. It's like, how many chances are you going to get well, this guy? Legend, well, they though, believe the in him somehow. I guess so, man. I wish I could be a legend. Like back to where I was from, right? Just go back and do whatever I want and they get hired wherever I went to school or, you know, dang, that'd be nice. Um, it, and what's weird about the whole Vince Young thing too is it's not like Vince Young had a successful NFL career. It's not like he was some, you know, guy that we're always going to remember for, you know, his legend at the next level. But because he was such a star at Texas when Texas was the one of the premier programs in the country at the time, that's why yes. he'll always have his name. And, 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 and that's what we're talking about, though, Joshua. They want to get back to that. So it's almost like, okay, maybe bringing back the guy that was here when Texas was Texas can help us do that because my goodness, sure. it has been a long time um, since then. I mean, and you got to, at that point, that's <laughs> what you really got to do is like, you got to bring back some of that mojo, you know, some of, yes, you right? got to bring back some speak. of what made you like you back in the day. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd say even get him on some like, kind of like commercials, like maybe some marketing tools with him you know, tying in some of that old school yeah, I stuff. I think that would be great. I'm all about a good marketing campaign. So uh, we'll see what, what Vince Young can do with Steve there. Uh, maybe light some fire under, under the Longhorns bottoms there. Okay. So the other one who I have so much respect for, and I actually got to <clears throat> meet him on several occasions uh, when I worked at Arizona uh, he's extremely involved with the university and has been, but that's Teddy Bruschi. Um, and he uh, obviously did great things in the nineties when he played for the Wildcats, uh, linebacker there, great person, um, has given back to the city of Tucson, I know. And uh, of course to Arizona. And then, you know, when he retired from the NFL, we saw him for the past several years as one of the lead analysts on ESPN. Now, and I don't know, Joshua, I don't know if he's leaving there. I, I would presume he's doing this full time, but they did announce that he's going to be the senior advisor um, to yeah. Jed. Um, it's Fish, right? Pronounced Fish. Yeah. So I would guess yeah, that he's I feel not like going to be a, a hard anymore. position to be in trying to do two things at once. But I. Yeah. I mean, maybe he'll make yeah, appearances. It's, it's really I don't know. It's curious but, to me, though, because I feel like you're leaving I mean, a good job to kind of get back into something that's – I'm not saying that the college thing's a bad job, but um, I, I guess it depends on how involved he really is in some day-to-day -day stuff. But it's they'll, – they'll, they'll abuse you if you let them. Well, and that's the thing because it, it listed his duties, like what he'll be doing there. So it says he'll be serving on the um, executive football management team as a consultant to the football staff. Um, he'll also be an assistant. Uh, he'll, he will also assist fish with alumni relations stuff. He'll obviously do some fundraising stuff, um, student, uh, athlete development off the field, social justice initiatives. So it does look like he, he might still be doing some stuff at ESPN and then, you know, getting involved as much as he can. But like you said, if you're there and you're, you're saying, okay, I'm going to commit to this. They're going, they're going to yes. use you as much as they can especially if you got a name like Teddy Bruschi and you are a program like Arizona that has literally melted into the hot desert sun. 
because Kevin Sumlin was such a disaster there and almost put the program back even more. Like, they need help right now any way that they they can get it, Joshua. You're 100% right. You know what's crazy, too? Have you ever been to Arizona, like Tucson? Yes. Okay. I know you've been to Phoenix, like area. Tucson is its own – it's very different from Phoenix, right? So, like, ASU in Arizona, it's just like night and day, right? you got Tempe where you got, you know, pardon me saying this, but – Silicon well. for days, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, uh, gals and Silicon for days and, you know, the, the warm weather and the bikinis and all that. And then you've got Tucson, which is hot down there too, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different, right? Uh, it's, it's not as emphasis most, the emphasis isn't really on that as much, but it's a smaller town, very quaint. And they, when I was there, had built that brand new, amazing athletic facility. So my last year I was there, they actually finished it um, and did like the whole opening and stuff. I've So I've seen like what they do there on campus. It's a beautiful campus. And it should be a place where they can get guys, these players to come to. I mean, they've got the facilities. It's a great campus. Um, it, it's like kind of flabbergasts me a little that Arizona continues to just not be like a team that's even close to being competitive. You would feel like it would, and and I'm saying this, and this is probably not the most appropriate take on it, but like, well, I know, but. (laughs) Well, look what I just said. I don't know why that's not a destination. (laughs) I'm being 100% serious. Like I have seen images of that campus and like, they they go to yeah. class in the bikinis like they yeah. they they wear they wear the yeah, the bikini under the clothes and as soon as class is over they're at the pool. Why is that not a destination? Just like yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to get too far into it, but I agree with you. Right? I, I think that with the right people in place, you could turn that into a more exciting um, college football spot. See, I think so too. And the way my mind works when I was there, I always was just thinking to myself, man, Mm -hmm. if I were in charge, this is what I'd do, right? This is how I'd try to get players here. Um, Again, because they got that brand new facility, it made a world of a difference. And and you have to keep up with the Joneses, of course, and they've been able to do that. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. um, Maybe like Teddy's that kind of mind. Maybe he can come up with some ideas and, and, you know, being innovative, you got to take it to the next level. And I'm going to bring it back to the Pac-12 again. This yeah. is what none of these universities are doing there. They're not trying to take it to the next level. Like we're in 2021. We are not, it's not 10 years ago anymore. Like you can't just skate by and, and yeah. have the name the Pac-12 anymore. You have to go to the next level to try to compete with all these other conferences. And you can do it. That's like the thing. you're in it's, Arizona can, and California. And it's not just like oh, you, you can, can do it, can it pretty easily be done. In my opinion, I think it can be done pretty easily. Yes, I just think we need we to start should. our own. What are we doing firm. right now? We're 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 over here. That you know, and we we like what but, we do, but we, we we might not be doing it properly right now. No, I mean because we could also be that's, like that's making way at. more money too. <laughs> that's which what I'm at. At, at this point in my. <laughs> You know, Joshua, and you're a lot younger than me, but at this point in my career, I'm like, 
I am not going to be ashamed money. to say There's that I need to be saying. make more money. Sorry. That's what I, hey, that's what two brilliant Let's minds. Go. Let's go get a firm going here and give these colleges some advice. Sheesh. Well, uh, that does it for this episode of Press Pass. Hey, if you're on here and you need to hire us, just you know, let us know. Call us up. Give us a call. <laughs> you can actually uh, find us on Twitter even. So, Joshua, where can the folks go to find you? You can find me on Twitter at RIP underscore JEP. I, uh, I'm looking forward to interacting with some of the folks here. Um, haven't been as interactive lately, but nobody's pissed me off into uh, you know, really getting into it. So I'm, I'm ready for the day. That, that means something's coming your way this week. I can feel it. <laughs> you can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV as well on Instagram and Twitter. You guys enjoy your week. We will be back your same place, same time next week. Take care.